0: Did you miss that? I missed it. Yeah, I love it. I, you know, I think about um, many of the connections that I know that you guys have uh, started in the stand and greet. Oh, they were in our section. We said hi to them. Next thing you know, you're having pancake house with them or something like that. So appreciate it. Not a plug for the pancake house, but if you want to go there, I don't care. Hey, for the last several years, uh, we have taken uh, one Sunday in the fall, which is now um, sorry to let you know that fall is upon us, but we've taken one Sunday to talk about the ministry philosophy at Grace. Um, and here's the reality what I want you to hear this morning. If you uh, have been here for decades at Grace, or if uh, today is your first day, or if you're like my friends at Bennett's who are visiting from out of state, uh, I just want to say there is something for you in this morning's message. There is something in what I'm going to talk about that applies to you. Even if you uh, worship in a different place, in a different congregation, the principles that we are talking about apply to every single one of us. So if you are retired or if you are in junior high or somewhere in between, if you are in school or in the marketplace, uh, this applies to you. And if you are willing to just slow down a little bit and listen. I am confident that the Holy Spirit has something to say to each one of us this morning. Uh, Several years ago, uh, the leadership here at Grace uh, began a long and difficult, I would say it was difficult, um, planning process. And and we began by asking uh, one question. We asked the leaders independently to answer this question. If someone were to come into your office or into your home and ask you, what do I need to do to grow spiritually? Or maybe they would say, how, how do I go deeper in my walk with God? However they would word that question, you get the gist of the question. How do I continue to grow as a follower of Jesus? How would you answer that question? We had um, everyone sort of think that through and answer the question and I guess I would ask you the same question. Maybe you're already asking that question, or maybe you're not asking the question. Just think for a minute. How would you answer the question? A friend of yours walks in and says, hey, I said yes to Jesus. I have surrendered my life to Jesus. What do I do now? I mean, what do I actually do? How do I grow as a follower of Jesus? How would you answer the question? Yeah. Well, yes, there's all kinds of ways we answer the question. But here's, the, here's what we discovered. Everyone had an answer, but everyone's answer was a little bit different. There was a, a wide variety in, in how we answered the question. We realized as a leadership of the church, that's not necessarily a good thing. We ought to be somewhat more aligned in how we answer a core question to who we are supposed to be and what we are supposed to do is a church. So this one question launched uh, the leadership team into a season of prayer and digging into the scriptures and reading uh, other authors and, and countless meetings, uh, some pretty heated conversations along the way. And, and what came out of that was something that we call the six essentials. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. But before I talk about the six essentials, I want to lay a little bit of groundwork. So grab your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter four. If you don't have a Bible with you, uh, there's a Bible under your seat that you can use Uh, If you don't own a Bible, you're welcome to keep that Bible under your seat. If you're listening online, we're just really glad that you're here with us. Uh, But you can come by the church anytime. We'd be happy to give you a Bible. My encouragement to you is bring your Bible on Sunday. Underline keywords right in the margin of your Bible. Interact with the the scriptures. It will help you to engage in Sunday morning, but it also will help you to retain what God has for you. So we're in Ephesians 4, and we're going to read verses 11. I'm going to read verses 11. 11 through 16. So if you don't mind, uh, why don't you stand with me as I read Ephesians 4, verses 11 through 16. You got it? Well, that one guy's got it. Anybody else got it? All right. Ephesians 4, verse 11. And he, talking about God, gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers to equip the saints. That's you, by the way, for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all obtain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood or personhood. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, again, that's you, are to speak the truth in love to one another. Uh, We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for an opportunity for us to talk about the six essentials, for us to talk about what it means to grow up in our spiritual journey. I pray that you would use these words Uh, that you would use the songs that we sang, that you would use an interaction in the lobby to speak to each one of us individually, that we would hear a word from you, that we would leave this broadcast, that we would leave this room different than we came because we have had an encounter with the living God. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. So I'm not going to impact this whole verse. This is a sermon or three in itself, but I want to make two observations from this verse from Ephesians. First, Paul is saying that God has given the church, and by that he means the church uh, uh, globally, the capital C Church, but also includes Grace Community Church, everything we need to equip the saints, which are all of you who have put your faith in Jesus, to mature and to grow, and to have an impact in the world for the kingdom of God, right? You are, are called, you are equipped, and we are called as a church to help you to have an impact for the kingdom. Our mission is to help you be on mission. I want you to hear this from the very outset. You are just as called to ministry as I am. You are just as called to ministry as Pastor Kevin is. You are just as called to ministry. God has put a calling on your life, and our job is to help you to discover that calling and to live into that calling that you have. The second thing that I want you to see from this passage is that we as the church are to inspire you and to give you all of the resources that you need in order to mature in your faith, or the passage says to grow up in every way. To grow up in every way so that you are united, joined together, no longer children, tossed to and fro. So first thing I want you to hold on to is there is a calling, a command. There is a, uh, 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 this, this beautiful picture that God is calling us to grow up in every way, that we are to grow up spiritually. A couple other verses I just want to put out there as kind of a groundwork for what we're going to talk about. Second Peter uh, 1, 2, in the first part of 3 says, May the grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness. The second, This verse 3 in the NIV says that God has given us everything we need for life, in everything we need for godliness. If you have said yes to Jesus, if you have surrendered your life to Jesus, you have everything you need for life and you have everything you need to live out a godly life. You are without an excuse. You have everything you need. Last verse that becomes the, the framework for what we're talking about is Philippians two, twelve and 13. Therefore, my beloveds, if you have always obeyed, so now not only in my presence, but in my absence, which is what we want from all of our children, right? We're glad that you behave, but if you'd behave when I'm not watching, that would be great as well. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to do, both to will and to do work for his good pleasure, Look at what verse 13 says. It says, for God who works in you. God is always moving. Like God is always inviting you to more. God is always at work in you. Now here's the deal. You cannot make spiritual growth happen, but you don't have to. Because the passage is telling us God is already at work. God is already doing that good work in you. And your job is to learn to pay attention and to cooperate with the work that God is already doing in you. So there is this tension. I was talking about this with, with Meg last night. There's this tension in this, in this whole talk. And how, the tension is how do we balance the, the supernatural with the natural, right? That, that God is at work in us, that's the supernatural part. But there is still something that is required of us that we still are called to show up in the process, right? And the passage is, it is so clear that, that we are being called into this new identity. And then it says to work out your salvation, not to work for it. Salvation is a gift. We get it through faith, not by work so that no one can boast. But then it says, work out your new identity. You are now a child of God. You are now royalty, right? And so the rest of your life, From the moment you say yes to Jesus to the moment that you go to be with him in eternity is a process of growing into your identity in Christ. Every person listening online, sitting in this room is called to be on a lifelong journey of growing up in every way. So that's what this is about. But it brings us back to the question, but how? How are we to grow up? What do we need to do to cooperate with the good work that God is already doing in our lives? So what came out of that planning season, we were all sitting in those rooms for hours and hours and having intense conversations was what we call the six essentials. And we call them essential because they're essential. Because each one is an important element to your spiritual growth. And what's, what's important to see as we walk through these six essentials. That if any one of the six is neglected or worse, absent, your spiritual growth will falter or even be derailed by that one part of it being absent in your life. So, what I'm going to do is, I'm going to walk through the six essentials real quick, just so you know what all six of them are. And then, I'm going to go back and I'm just going to talk about each one of them and even share some ways in which you can participate with grace in, in some of these six essentials. So, the first of the six essential is that we gather. Uh, this is what we're doing right now. The Sunday morning experience is to gather. Uh, this is critical. We'll talk about that a little bit more. The second one is that we connect. I say it all the time. I'll say it again in this message a couple times. You cannot walk faithfully with Jesus in isolation. You have to be connected beyond Sunday morning if you want to grow spiritually. The third is that you serve. This is uh, really the heart of the message that uh, Andrew talked about when he was here a few weeks ago. Ephesians 2.10, God has created you to do something and you will never be completely full or or in your, in your space the way you want to. You won't grow until you are serving, doing the good works that God prepared for you. These are what we call the outer essentials because we do these together. We do these in community. We do these with With each other and for each other. And then we have three inner essentials. Then the first one is generosity. I think that's how we have it. Yep, generosity. This is the idea of whole life generosity, being generous with your time, your talents, and your treasure. Influence is the idea of sharing your faith. Uh, We are all called to give a hope for the, give a reason for the hope that we have So we'll talk about that a little bit more. And then the last one, which I would call the heart of the six essentials, is devotion. And when we talk about devotion, we are not talking about devotions. We'll unpack that a little bit more in a minute. But we are talking about a heart that is fully devoted to God. So those are the six. And what I'm going to do now is just go back and unpack each one of them. So the first one was the gathering. Again, this is the Sunday morning gathering. I talk to people often, well, sometimes, and they say, I'm a, I'm a Christian, but I don't need church. Well, I have never uh, experienced and, and been close to someone who, who lives with that philosophy and is growing and vibrant in their faith. They're right. They can be a Christian. They can know who Jesus is and have saving grace. But this is a, this is a talk about how do we grow spiritually. And, and I want you to hear you will not grow spiritually if you neglect the gathering, if you don't participate in what God is doing through the church when it is the larger gathering. I love what Hebrews 10.25 says. It says, let us consider, us, you, consider how we may spur one another on to love and good deeds. Same sentence, not giving up meeting together as some of you are in the habit of doing. So when we talk about gathering, again, we're talking about the the Sunday morning experience. And I think the mistake that we often make is we see Sunday morning as a time to to come and to experience the music and the worship and to to experience the teaching. It's a time that we say, I'm going to go to church so that I can receive what I need to receive. And then I'm going to go home. We become consumers of the Sunday morning experience. But Sunday morning should be way more than that, right? Sunday morning is one of the primary places where you have an opportunity to care for and minister to one another. It's one of the primary places where you can see people who are new to the congregation and you can invite them into a life-changing relationship with people within the body. imagine what would happen is if you got up every morning and on your way to church, you applied Hebrews 10:25, and you considered how you could spur one another onto love and good deeds in the service this morning. I want to add this, and and there's a lot of tension in the talk this morning uh, that I feel even putting together, but but let's talk about the online service for a minute. I am glad that you are online. Uh, I thank Jesus that we have online, um, especially coming out of the last couple of years of what we've been through, but the online service does not replace what happens in this room. It just doesn't. Now don't, We don't need to clap because we're going to make everybody online feel bad. That's not my my intent. But there is something that happens here that can't be replicated. And part of what happens here that can't be replicated is you're not here. And so you don't have an opportunity to bring your gifts and your passions and to spur others on to love and good deeds. Here's the deal. We need you here as much as you need to be here. And so I've said, okay, you can clap for that if you want to. I just don't, I'm not trying to shame anybody. That's not my point. I, I just I want to be a good shepherd, I want to be a good pastor, and what I want you to hear is is we need you here and and I said this quite a few weeks ago, but here's there are times when it's it's so good that you can just use that. There's times when you're not feeling well, it's going to be great. the times you are on the road it's going to be great. But if you are engaged out there. If you're going out to dinner, if you're going to the grocery store, if you are interacting with people out there, then interact with us in here, because we need you. If you are engaged out there, we need you to be engaged in here so that you can apply Hebrews 10:25, that you can come into the building and consider how you can spur others onto love and good deeds. When when last week when when I was here and I was in the lobby and I was talking to somebody. I even pointed it out to him. I looked over their shoulder, and there was a group of I think five or six people, and they were literally locked arm in arm in a circle, all their heads nothing, and they all had their arms on each other's shoulders, and they were praying. I don't. Maybe that was you. I don't even know who it was because all I could see was their backs, but they were they were praying together. You know what they were doing? They were living out that Hebrews passage. They were spurring up. That's church, guys. Like what happens in the lobby is just as important as what happens when I'm preaching and what happens when, when John and the worship team is singing. But you have to be here in order to experience. So one of the six essentials is that you don't neglect the gathering. So be a part of the gathering. The second is that you connect. You cannot walk faithfully with Jesus in isolation. I probably say that almost every sermon because I believe it to the core of who I am. You cannot walk faithfully with Jesus In isolation. And I think we all would agree you can be in the gathering, you can be with a thousand people and still be completely isolated. Right, The idea of connecting is to connecting on, a, on an emotional and spiritual level where we know each other, where we can speak truth to one another, where we can call the good things out and maybe sometimes rebuke one another in a, in a healthy way, helping each other to walk faithfully with Jesus. It is a critical part of how you are going to grow spiritually. And there are tons, maybe not tons because it doesn't come in weight. There are many opportunities for you to connect here at Grace. Right you can if you 're new to grace, come to the pizza with the pastor or come to one of the patio events that Meg and I host on our in our yard that just give you a chance to have a meal and meet some people and sit at the table and now you 're beginning the process of getting to know each other but but it needs to go even beyond that. you need to get plugged into a, a women 's Bible study or into a d group which we 're going to talk about in a few minutes the The men have a, a, a uh, program coming up, the, the men's breakfast happens next son, Saturday. They got a speaker coming so you can plug into that. There's all kinds of ways. But here's what I want to show you. I, we have a video of two specific ways that you can connect more intentionally in the fall. So let's just show those two videos and
1: then I'm going to invite... D-groups deeper dive groups. Good. In community, we want to learn how to hear the voice of God in our lives and respond and obedience. With four to six people, you meet at least every other week for just one hour and 15 minutes, and you go through an easy-to-navigate format using this deck of cards. There are three sections, out, up, and in. With out, you ask the same questions every week about how you're doing with God, and in your relationships with others. With UP, you read a passage together. It's not a scholarly study, but rather it's all about what God is stirring in you personally, relationally, and spiritually. Within, your group picks a card in the deck and you respond to some deeper life questions. You end your time with praying for one another. A just an hour and 15-minute commitment, it's absolutely worth it.
2: Jennifer, I'm so thankful that you were willing to share some of your experience at um, our inaugural Moms Group season, which started in January. It's past, so... Um, uh, tell me, how did it go, and uh, why Why did you choose to attend?
3: So I chose to attend because um, Brianna, who I didn't know at the time, was one of the leaders, saw me dropping the kids off in the child programming um, for church one morning, and I was having a really hard time, and she just looks at me, and she's like, we're having a moms group. You have to join. And it's t- to bring the moms together to worship, have a safe place mm-hmm. to share things about this season of motherhood that we're all experiencing together. First of all, having something that you can go to that provides childcare mm. with other Christian women in the church was so huge because it is so hard um to have a conversation without your kids, <laughs> like to have a real true deep. Yeah. Yes. So it was so awesome to be able to drop them off. The first day, it was hard because they weren't used to it. But what I wanted to say is I feel like it helped them even on Sundays because it's like, okay, we know we have Sunday and we have Wednesday. And Mm -hmm. then they got to see the same kids that they saw on Sunday and Wednesday. So those kids started to form bonds and deeper friendships as the moms were too. So that was like really
2: special. That is really I special. Thought. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I know part of the uh, meeting time was to share your joys and your sorrows right. um, or struggles uh, in uh, motherhood. And mm-hmm. um, and so I heard from others too that that was a really sweet time of being vulnerable and sharing and, and receiving empathy mm-hmm. uh, from others. I, I heard that that was you know, really important and you experience that as well.
3: Right. Like to see that you truly are not alone. You always hear like, oh, you're not alone and give yourself grace. But like when you're doing it by yourself, Mm -hmm. if you don't have this community of women, it's really hard to do that because you don't really have anyone to talk to in those moments say, hey, this is what's going on or this is let's. Um, rejoice in what God has done. That, yeah. There was a lot of that going on I too. I love that. I love that. It wasn't just mm-hmm. like, oh, this is all the hard things. It was also like, these are some of the milestones that our kids are, you know, reaching. Yeah. And and also, moms group like that. It was actually for us. We could celebrate in just some of our yeah. own, um, like.
2: Victories. Yes, yes. His His victories. That's, yeah. yeah, awesome. Right. So what would you say to a mom of um, a young one who might be on the fence uh, about uh, joining or participating in next season?
3: Right. So I would say just come try it and see what you think. There's – you're not going to – what are you going to lose mm-hmm. by gaining more support yeah. and more of a community? Yeah. And – what it, what's gonna? What's the worst that could happen? That you might have more tools. You might have more women praying for you. Yeah. You might have, um, just like a deeper love for the Lord because yeah. you know that like He is there with you. It's mm-hmm. you're not alone. Just yeah. being reminded of that, yeah. I feel. Just come and try it.
2: That's yeah. beautiful, and I'm so grateful. Thank you so much yeah, for sharing. Yeah. Thank you. Really. Thank you for
3: really. allowing me to. Yeah. Seriously. For sure.
0: So I have uh, asked to Kendria and Allie to come up for just a minute and kind of uh, share how you can get involved in either of those two, but then other parts of their ministry. So Kendria, who is now um, handling all of our groups, she's the group's coordinator. So go ahead.
1: Good morning, everybody. So I do have um, just a quick note about D-groups, but I want to take just a few seconds to talk about groups overall. Just really quick, many of you who have been in groups for quite some time, this is probably, um, you know, redundant information. But just in case there's someone out there who has never joined a group and or they're online and thinking about coming into the building, Um, I just want to say groups overall, we have many opportunities to do a group-like setting here, but groups are our way to grow together. So many of us, whether consciously or subconsciously, we have a goal or something stirring in us to continue to grow spiritually. If you're in this seat, um, most likely that is a goal for you. And so groups allow us an opportunity to do that in community. When I first came to Grace, um, the church I came from, it was a wonderful foundation. I grew up in the church, but I needed something more. And I actually came from a place, a home, where we didn't talk a lot. But So groups was kind of scary to me at first. However, it turned out to be something that I definitely needed, and I didn't even know I needed it. So just wanted to give you that plug about groups overall. We have lots of opportunities to do that here, but um, just wanted to, to lay that foundation. That being said, um, we have a wonderful opportunity— Um, D groups are a wonderful opportunity for us to do just that. So we have um, a setting of four to six people, which you saw in the video, but it's really an opportunity for us to sit still. We have a lot of noise in our world right now, lots of noise. So it takes, um, it allows us time to sit, be with ourselves. Sometimes I know me personally, I don't even have time to just sit and process who I am. And so in addition to some introspective things we do, we also um, pray for one another. So, what I would ask is that if you're interested in learning a little bit more about D groups, come to a D group experience. That slide is up now. Um, you can um, click the QR code and register for that event. And what what you'll see there is that we'll run through the actual experience of what it's like. So it's kind of a try before you buy. If you want to see how it is for you, you're not sure if you like it, you're not sure if you want to do it, but just come check it out. Come um, see what it's all about. It's definitely something that our leadership believes in, so much so that we as staff are now doing this together as a staff once a month. So we are modeling um, our belief in how um, transforming D groups can be. So please take a look, um, click on the registration, pick a time, they're both identical, so you don't have to worry about doing both of them. One is, um, as you can see, in the evening, one is in midday, just trying to accommodate for schedules. But um, take a look, if you have any questions, I'll be right up at the Grace Groups counter, which is right outside. Um, right right outside the steps the, to the right. Yes, right outside All the right. cafe. So, thank you.
0: And he's going to tell us a little bit about the moms group, but also a lot of the women's, the women's ministry. Stuff going yes,
2: on. yes. So, um, thank you, Jennifer, who uh, had this interview with me. Yes, now, the, the leaders know that um, first and third Wednesdays in the morning can be difficult for working moms, and so they're very intentional about planning events in the evening, gatherings in the evening, and so they put all that information on the Facebook group, the Moms group, so check that out. Um, and of course, I really, my heart is uh, TBS, Tuesday Bible Study. Um, that's another place where women can gather around the table, and the, the growth, the community, the prayer um, that happens around those tables or on Zoom, because we have an evening Bible study, is just life-changing. Um, I have to say, I see um, Peggy Bennett's in the room and Janice Byrne. These women have poured into my life, along with many other uh, mentors, and um, I'm just so, so grateful uh, for the years, 15, 20 years I spent in Bible study. So um, I just want to invite all the women to um, look into that. Uh, My team is in the um, lobby to answer any questions you have or to help you with registration. And I know Doug has not talked about serving yet, but um, I just wanted (laughs) to ask a quick question. What is the best gift you can give someone? Time, of course, time. And so I wouldn't have been able to be here today. I wouldn't... um, have been able to participate in these Bible studies without the love and care and sacrificial time of child care helpers. Can I give a round of applause for the child care helpers? Thank you. (laughs) Love you. I know that can be um, so thankless sometimes. So um, we have a small, faithful team, but we would love to grow that team. If you have a Tuesday morning or a first and third Wednesday morning available, uh, please talk to me in the lobby after church. Thank you so much. Thank you. You can take that with you. I got one. Thank you, ladies. Let's thank them.
0: So let me just say this about connection. Um, And again, I believe this to the core. Uh, More discipleship happens around the table, the kitchen table, the Bible study table in the living room than happens on Sunday morning. It doesn't mean Sunday morning isn't important. Matter of fact, it's one of the essentials. But you need to be connected beyond Sunday morning. Again, we have the D group experience. We are launching A bunch of new D groups. So, if you want to get into a D group, now's the time to do that. Uh, Remind you again, the men have uh, their breakfast coming up this Saturday. Uh, We got a great speaker from Life Remodeled that's coming to talk to us. So, love for you to be at that party with the pastor is a great thing to plug into. Um, I think the can we go back to the men's breakfast? I think it starts at 8:30, 8 a.m. Yep, 8 a.m. in Cafe Grace. Uh, So love for you to be there for that. All kinds of ways for you to connect. Let's talk about the third of our six essentials. We're going to have to move fast for time's sake. Ephesians 2.10, you are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do a good work that God has created in advance for you to do. And you will never be fully alive until you begin to figure out what it is that God has called you to do, where God has called you to plug in. Again, you are as called as I am. You are as called as Pastor Kevin is. But the journey of discovering who that is, is incredibly important. This was uh, the toughest of the six essentials for me to figure out how to talk about because the last thing I want for you to feel is that serving is all about serving in the church. I think it is about serving in the church, but it's just as important that you are serving in the marketplace, that you are serving outside of these walls. Again, that was a big part of, of Andrew's message a few weeks ago that I would encourage you to listen to. Um, but if we are going to live out that Hebrews passage of, of spurring one another on, it means that, that every person who calls grace their home church needs to be serving somewhere in the church. I just really believe that. If this is your home church, you need to find somewhere that you are serving within the church now, I also don't want you to, to, to hear, I don't want you to serve out there. It is a both-and sort of scenario. Here's what I hear sometimes. Well, I'm not called to help children. Well, I'm not called to work in the parking lot. And the question I ask is, where are you called to work? And if the answer is nowhere, then we have a problem. But I also have been thinking about this this week. Uh, imagine how well that would go if I used that strategy at home. And we are a family, right? But if I just said, you know, Meg, I, I got bad news, man. I'm just not called to do dishes, right? I, I'm just I'm just not called to take out the trash. I know the house is a mess, but that's just not my calling, right? And sometimes that's the way it feels, the way we handle the church. Well, you know, I'm just not called to do that. But guess what? There's a lot of things that we have to do when we are a family, when we are making church happen that might not necessarily be in our sweet spot. But by all means, we want you to serve in your sweet spot as well. But sometimes, like when we have a cleanup day or we have the planting day, we should have hundreds and hundreds of people here, not because you're called to plant flowers, but because it's just a great way for us to be together and serve shoulder to shoulder and serve with one another. So I just, I didn't want you to hear like, don't use the I'm not called thing as a cop-out. And if you say that to me, I am going to ask questions. So where are you called? Right? Maybe you're called to be a drummer. Great. Be a drummer. We need some of those. He's a really good drummer, by the way. That was that was really good. But anyway, serve. Like just serve. God is going to use your serving here to expand your understanding of serving so that you can serve outside of these walls as well. It's a both and commitment. All right. Gather, connect, serve. Those are our outer essentials. We have lots of ways for you to serve. We have another video we can show you real quick of ways that you can serve, and then they're going to throw up a QR code that you can even tell us where you want to serve.
3: Here within the building of grace, serving could look like welcoming guests with a wave and helping them find the perfect parking spot, setting up and serving a hot cup of coffee, greeting people with a warm smile as they walk into the building or sanctuary, or helping people navigate the building and the many grace events and opportunities.
0: Serving could look like using my talents in music to engage with God and help others do the same. Serving could look like playing electric guitar, drums, keys, or singing into a mic.
2: Serving at Grace can look like playing Foursquare, guiding a kid to a book of the Bible, or helping them discover what trusting in Jesus looks like.
0: Serving could look like praising God as you set the stage for people to experience Jesus by adjusting the sound mix, making sure worship lyrics are shown, people are well lit on the stage, and the live stream looks great for people at home.
1: Serving at Grace could look like modeling fun and Jesus for students and creating a space for spiritual conversation by asking good questions and listening well. Serving could look like setting up chairs and tables or pulling weeds outside to help set up an environment where people are going to experience God. Serving could look like consistently going to God on behalf of others and praying for them.
3: Serving could look like making families feel welcome and making stories in the Bible come alive. Serving could also be helping little minds
1: grasp who Jesus is.
0: So one of the verses that God has used uh, in a great way to to shape who I am is Ephesians 2.10. We are God's workmanship. The word there means we're God's poem, we're God's work of art and that we are created to do a good work that God prepared and advanced for us. And so that idea of serving is that God has already chosen where you are to serve. God has already wired you to serve. God has already given you gifts and passions to serve. And he's going to place you in a particular place to have an impact on the kingdom of God. That's cool. All right. You need to serve. There's a QR code if you want to scan that. If you're under the age of 30 and know how, um, that will help you to (laughs) let us know how you want to serve. Uh, But that's a great way. Uh, Again, I I would just tell you, if this is your home church, if you say Grace is my church, you should also be able to answer the question, and here's where I serve. And we don't expect you to serve every week. Um, If you are, uh, I've been thinking about this this week, if you're a married couple and you have children in the children's ministry, why don't you just tell them that as a couple we'll serve once a month? You know what that means? It means you'll have to serve once every eight or nine weeks, right? And and that's a pretty doable thing. But if it helps us to take care of the kids and model serving for your kids, let's just step up and, uh, and do the serve thing the way we need to. So gather, connect, serve. Those are the outer essentials. The inner essentials start with influence. And here's the question I would ask. When was the last time you told somebody about Jesus? When was the last time when you actually shared the gospel with someone? When was the last time you shared your story? And talk about how God has transformed your own life. Maybe how God, if you're like me, talk about how God has saved your marriage and uh, has done more for you than you could have ever even imagined, right? We are told to always be prepared to give a reason for the hope that we have. When was the last time that you actually shared with someone the reason for the hope that you have? We are called to be people of influence, Right Until we learn how to tell our story and give our faith to others, do you know that, the, that God has called you to be a son and daughter so that you can be god 's ambassador, right so that you become God's representative. That's what that, that whole passage that we looked at, like we are to to encourage you and we are to equip you to go out and to tell the world about Jesus. But the question is, are you doing it? And I can tell you that you will begin to grow spiritually when you begin to learn how to live a life of influence where you are sharing the hope that you have with other people. So that's influence. The second one is generosity. Uh, As soon as I talk about generosity, everybody thinks I'm going to talk about tithing. This is not about tithing. I'm sure that if you are a person of generosity, it will affect your giving in the church. But this is an essential because God wants us to learn to let go of those things that we cling to. Jesus said, don't store up for yourself treasures where moth and rust will destroy, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven. And, and, and the idea of generosity, whole life generosity, is God puts us in a place where he, he literally peels our fingers off of those things that we cling to, and we begin to give those away. And here's what I would say. When it comes to generosity, I think it's easier to write a check or use Venmo, again, if you're 30 or younger, than it is to give your time, right? But God may be asking you to give your time. Like Allie said, what's the best gift you can give somebody? It's your your time. Generosity, whole life generosity is just the idea of living open-handed. God has poured many, many blessings into you, and you are blessed in order to be a blessing to others. And it's so easy, again, for us to just be consumers, of blessing, building up more and more for ourselves. Now, what does this mean? It doesn't mean you're not allowed to have a retirement plan. Of course not. It doesn't mean you're not allowed to save. It doesn't mean you're not allowed to have wealth. It doesn't have anything to do with that. Are you holding it all loosely, and are you living lives of generosity? If you want to grow spiritually, God is going to peel your fingers off of those things, security, money, time, Control. He's going to have you let go of all of those things so you can live lives of generosity. And the last of the six essentials is devotion. Again, I I believe this is the heart of all of the six essentials. None of them really happen until we we have devotion. Remember, I'm not talking about devotions. I'm talking about a heart that is fully devoted to God. Scriptures tell us that the eyes of the Lord search throughout the whole earth, looking for those whose hearts are fully devoted to him so that he can show himself strong on their behalf. How many of you want that? I do. How many of you want God to show up strong on your behalf? He's searching for those whose hearts are fully devoted to him so that he can do just that. So here's the reality. Now listen to this sentence very carefully because it's a little bit confusing. Your devotion, your devotion will fade when your devotions are neglected. Your devotion will fade when your devotions are neglected. I, ah. I find this true in my own walk with God. When I have seasons where I'm too busy or think I'm too busy, and I don't spend quality time in the morning with God, I don't spend the amount of time that I know I need to, my own heart's devotion begins to wane and fade, that it is critical that you take the time to spend with God. For most of us, that becomes a morning thing, but if you're an evening person and you do it in the evening, whatever it is, you need to have a time where you are sitting and reflecting on the word of God, where you are praying, where maybe you are journaling, you need to learn to take a Sabbath. The reason for a Sabbath is a time of rest, but it's also a time to practice gratitude and all that God has given to you. Slowing down, leaving margin for God is critical if we want to have this growing relationship with God. And the truth is the scriptures tell us that the busyness of life, and how many of you can relate to busy life? Yeah, of course you can. The busyness of life, it says it chokes out the revelation of God. God speaks, but it can't bear fruit because the busyness of life chokes it out. So take time to journal. Take time to listen to God. Take time to to just spend quietly in prayer. It'll help you to grow. Again, devotion and devotions are different, but your devotional life will help foster a heart of devotion. So starting next week, we are going to uh, start the book of Romans. And one of the things I loved about the Psalms that we just came out of is how we pushed many of you to uh, be a part of the, the Plus 30 reading plan, and then we gave you the journals. How many of you got a Psalms journal? Well, we sold out of them, so I know a lot of you did. But Psalms journals were awesome, but it, it kind of inspired us that we need to do that uh, more often. So, as we begin the Roman series next week, we have journals again. And it, the journals are so cool because there's one page of scripture, one page to journal, one page of scripture. These are only five bucks. So, they're selling them at the thing. So, what I want to encourage you to do is get a journal, spend the next few months hanging out in Romans with us, journal your way through Romans, bring this with you. Every Sunday. We're actually gonna reference the page numbers in here as we're teaching through Romans. It's a great place for you to take some notes to participate to, to kind of increase your understanding and your connection to the book of Romans. And the other thing that we're selling is a 12-week devotional that will track along with us as to what we're preaching through as we do. This. So we're gonna be in Romans right up until Christmas. These are also only five bucks. So for 10 bucks, you can get the Bible study and you can get the journal. Immerse yourself in Romans. That was the value of immersing yourself in the Psalms. We're in the same place. We're having conversations around Romans. It's a great way for us to be together. Another thing I say almost every Sunday, the movement of God in your life always starts with an invitation. God is always inviting. He's always inviting you to more. He's always inviting you to experience more of him, to have a more robust walk with God. Again, the question is, are you listening to the invitations of God? Are you responding and listening to God? Gather, connect, serve. Generosity, influence, devotion, the six essentials. So the last thing I just want to tell you about is we have an engagement guide. So it's, they're going to hand these out as you leave. Again, I think there's a QR code. You guys are going to be like, how many QR codes can we have in one service? <laughs> Apparently three. Anyway, uh, this is an engagement guide. If you do the... Uh, QR code. It takes you to a PDF if you want to do it electronically. I encourage you to do this. Maybe even do it yet today. Sit down and do it. And it will kind of give you, um, how am I doing in this area? I can tell you every time I do this, there's a couple areas where I'm like, man, I really need to step it up. In the area of influence. I really need to step it up in the, in, the, in the area of generosity. It gives you a chance to pray for some of that and to pray about it. So this is just an engagement guide. Again, as you're leaving, they're going to give you one of these. Uh, do it. We, you don't, there's no turning it in. It's really just for you so that you can do a little bit of self-assessment as to how you're doing in each of the six essentials. The whole idea is uh, that we at Grace use these six essentials to determine how we're going to do ministry here at Grace. How are we going to get you connected? How are we going to foster generosity? What are the programs we can place that so will help you to be more influential, to share your faith more effectively? But that's the whole idea behind the six essentials. I'm going to pray for us, and then I just want to share a little bit about what they heard when they prayed for you this morning. God, thank you uh, for the six essentials. I'm just very grateful as we go through the service, thinking about Wayne and, and his influence in, in those meetings over the year and a half that we hammered this out and how much I appreciate uh, his time here on staff and helping us to think through the six essentials for Carl and his, his voice and all that, for Pastor Brian, and his voice. Uh, I'm just grateful for the voices that have uh, come together to, to help us to have these six essentials, and I do pray that we would uh, be people who listen. Where are you calling us? What are you calling us to do? Where are you calling us to cooperate with the good work that you're already doing in us and through us? Help us to be the church you've called us to be on this corner. Help us to impact the world with the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. People that prayed for you this morning heard a few. Um, things, but one of the things they heard is that someone is suffering from some knee pain. We would love to pray for you for that, Uh, that there's somebody who's just feeling spiritually lonely. We would love to pray for that as well. Um, Obedience, someone is struggling with obedience, we'd love to pray for that. Uh, Someone just feels like they need truth or a breakthrough for a family situation. You probably already know what that is. Uh, so if you are online, there's a number on your screen you can call, and i will put you into a private prayer session with somebody. But if you're here in the building, there's some wonderful people who would love to meet with you down here to be able to pray for you and to pray over you. Thanks for being a part of this. Come back next week as we begin the journey in Romans. Make sure you pick up your journal and your Bible study. What's that? Pay.